Good morning. Um, how many people do I have in the room that, um, I don't mean this in a bad way, but like you're type A, so like you like things to be in order, right? Like you like to know what's coming next. Be proud. That's not a bad thing. Raise your hands. Okay, so look, I'm asking you all to pray for me, okay? I'm not type A, by the way, but when it comes to standing in front of a crowd of people and talking about Jesus, I do like to feel like I'm, I know what I'm going to say, right? And so, you know, we've been in a series, Dollars and Cents. We've been building to this moment. Like, I, in, like when we start a series, we usually have a pretty good idea kind of where we're going. I mean, God always makes it better. But last night, man, God just totally said, nope, not that one. Um, so community group leaders, if you're here um, this morning, I need you to know that online there's a growth guide. You can absolutely use that in your groups. It'll be great, good discussion, great study, nothing about what I'm going to talk about, right? Um, but it'll be good, so, um, or maybe just lean in a little bit and listen to what the Lord's saying this morning and, you know, adjust accordingly. So we're going to, um, we're not winging it. There's no winging it when it comes to preaching because it's too important, but we are leaning in, okay, just this morning to the Holy Spirit. I want to be obedient to what I feel like he, he told me to share last night. Now, um, here's how we're going to start today. And we've had this plan for a while, so wouldn't that be terrible if we didn't have this plan? You'd be like, you're asking me to do what? Um, I knew that the last week of this series, because we've been talking about, you know, resources and our possessions and, and money and just like how do we honor God with all that stuff. You know, the stuff that smart pastors don't talk about because people don't like to talk about that. But we've been talking about it because I'm probably not smart. Anyway, all this time I knew that I wanted to end today with... Um, with a few, a few testimonies, we like to call them stories, a few stories about how, what God's done in y'all's lives uh, through, through finances and resources. So I'd put a, a link on our Facebook page and just you know, said, if you got a story, just click here, you know, share it with us. And so I'm going to read two of them to you that came online, and then, and then we have one that's going to be shared live in, in the middle of that, okay? Is that cool? You, is this good? Are you okay? Nobody's running out yet, so I think we're good. By the way, don't tell the 9 o'clock service, but I feel like this is going to be the better service of the day. I don't know. If we put this on online, they'll know. And they'll have to step up their game, won't they, y'all? Can I get an amen in the house? Okay. <laughs> we'll edit all that out. That was terrible, wasn't it? What am I doing? I'm so nervous. Here we go. Yeah. Um, okay, this is from Jan Getz. So if you've, ladies, if you've been going to the Women's Connect um, we've had three of those over the past couple of months. Jan's the one that's kind of been organizing that. She serves here. Great lady. Um, she sent this in. Seven years ago when I was out of work for three months, my previous employer tried to block my unemployment. I had not received a paycheck in six weeks. Let's just let that settle for a second. I don't know what your life would be like if you didn't get a check for six weeks. During that time, I learned to rely on him completely. Well, I'm sure you did. Two major incidents confirmed to me that he was in control, and all I needed to do was rely on him and be faithful and give what was his in the first place during that time without work. Number one, and this is not going to make sense to you if you've never been down this road, okay, but if you've ever been unemployed, I'm going to say what happened to her and the timeline that happened, and you'll be like, holy cow, that was God, right? Number one, I received my federal refund check in full in my account within four days of filing. How many of you file your taxes? online. Four days, y'all. She said, that never happens that fast. Second, the appeal for my unemployment was found in my favor within five minutes of the hearing. 
and all the money was credited to my account within an hour after the phone conversation, and it was retroactive back to the first day off of work. That's amazing. It would, it would have been so easy for me during that time not to tithe, not having a job or paycheck, but I was, shown, I was shown that no matter what money came to me, it was his, not mine, and faithfully gave my tithe. Since that time, I can say that I'm financially better than I ever have been. I thank God every day for providing all I need, even when I'm in doubt. Another quick story, I just recently replaced my roof. I, had a I have a $1,000 deductible with my insurance. I went through the process, and again, God took care of everything because all I had to pay was $58 out of pocket. When I added it all up, it still comes that I should owe 1000 but the invoices all say $58. And just to add to that, like she's, we've had conversations. She's actually called all the people that she should owe the money to, and they're like, no, I promise you, like it's paid in full. And she's like, how did I only pay $58 out of pocket when my deductible is 1000 So I'm going to say yay God to that because if you have a $1,000 deductible and he makes it 58 that's a pretty good testimony, right? Um, okay, so that's Jan Getz. Now Kathy Udi, she's going to come and she's going to be our live testimony. So y'all got to welcome her up to the platform. The applause ran out before you got here. I'm sorry. Okay. Paul thought I was nervous this morning. I'm, I might be a little bit more nervous today, right now. Um, I talked to Paul a couple weeks ago uh, and told him how um, excited I was and how thankful I was that he was talking about tithe. Because, you know, some of us who grew up in church knew about it and uh, was taught about it and practiced it but there's probably some that haven't. So uh, that's when he asked me. So I have had a little bit of time to kind of prepare my heart. But I did want to tell you, since I told you that I grew up in church, um, we went to church every Sunday. My mom and dad taught us about tithing and that you gave the first uh, tenth to the church. Um, so when my sister and I were growing up, that was expected of us. And my daddy also talked about, uh, around the coffee table, about, you know, uh, if everybody in the church gave a tenth, no matter what their income, where they started out, if they were obedient to God's word and did that, that we would have over enough to minister to the people that needed it, whether it be here or in missions. So he was, when Paul was saying that, I went, yeah, I've heard that before years ago. Um, one of the things, because they were so blessed, um, don't ask me to play it now, but Karen and I took piano lessons. And I can remember one time when our piano teacher was out for surgery for about six weeks. And because mom and dad had been blessed because they had followed the principles of God, mom was able and did send Miss Bessie Ann her check every week like she would have to make sure that she had the money she needed to continue with her household. So then roll up to a, several years later, and Terry and I were first married, and um, when we were first married, I was sitting down paying the bills, and the first thing I always do is pay the tithe check. So he happened to glance over at what I was doing, and he said, Kathy, we don't have any groceries in the refrigerator. We could use that money to buy groceries. And I said, no, we don't. I said, we give our first tithes to the Lord, and he will take care of all of our needs. We've never gone hungry. 
We've never been without a home, a place to live, and we've never been without a vehicle or somehow way to get somewhere. I said, if we do this and we put him first, we will be blessed. Um, so we gave our tithe, and then several weeks later, we got some money that we were not expecting, but it met our needs. Now, I tell you that, not to tell you that we gave so we would get. We gave because we were following what the principles of God were. And Paul talked about that in that if you give first to, to God, he's going to bless you. So he's going to meet your needs. Uh, and we were obedient. If you set your priorities straight, if you worship him and have no other gods before him, seek the kingdom first so that you can share what you have in abundance in your neighborhood, given to things like pregnancy resource, teen challenge, and other things to our missionaries. God will bless you when you give your tithe and then you're able to give those extra. So we've done that. Uh, that's how we've managed in our home, and we've been blessed because we're, we're our treasure. We're our heart where we treasure things. If it's, you know, God's word and, and what he's taught us to do, then we're going to bless others, and we're going to be able to be a witness to him. Um, that's all I wanted to say. I'm truly blessed and glad to be in a part of the, of the ministry here. And I appreciate the opportunity that you've given me to share with you. So good. Um, let's see, one more. This is uh, Angela Lucas. Um, she's a servant leader here. She wrote this. The first time the church offered the financial peace class, Joe and I attended. Anybody here, uh, financial peace? Um, you've taken it before. You're taking it right now. Yeah, great stuff. We were a mess, she said. His work had been his work, and he'd been off on and off for a while. He also had a shoulder surgery that year and was out of work for about eight months. We used our credit cards a lot during that time, too much, and we were suddenly thirty-five thousand dollars in credit card debt alone, not counting our house, car, or utilities. She knows I'm reading this, by the way. Just want to make sure y'all know. At that time, I felt like God would understand that if I couldn't pay my monthly bills, it would be okay to not give my tithe or to cut way back and give only if I had extra. Wrong. Then I went through the financial peace classes, immediately changing the order of things. Tithing was first. We did away with things we didn't need. We still don't have cable. I contacted the credit card companies and set up a plan to pay them back. We were on a strict budget. We followed Dave Ramsey's plan, and it worked. And I worked, she said. Fast forward to today. We paid it all off in four years. We're currently on a five-year plan to pay the house off. Our mindset is not about being able to buy more for us, but about giving more to God. That's a good testimony right there. One more. This is one from our family. And this is maybe to kind of help balance out the testimonies that we just heard, right? Because the three that we heard have a common theme. One, um, like, well, a couple of them talk about unemployment, right? But they all... All those stories talk about how, like, hey, we put God first, and then he, like, just amazingly took care of financial stuff for us. And maybe, you, you know, get an unexpected check or a tax refund or whatever. And sometimes we tend to have this mentality. Well, if I give, then I'll go to the mailbox and find a check. 
right? Like I had a girl in my youth group, and um, we would they would give offerings, and this was a youth group in South Carolina, and I'm counting through the the, the offering envelopes so I can take them upstairs and give them to the, the church treasurer. And on the back of one of the offering envelopes, in big capital letters was written, green neon. Like you ever, you remember the neon cars? Yeah, and I was like, what's that about? Like, is she, like, writing that note to her friends? And so I asked her the next time I saw her, like, why did she write that on the back of the offering envelope? And this is what she said. Oh, because I told God if I gave the offering, that's what he should give to me. Now, like, we kind of laugh about that, but that's not the way it works. I just want to make sure you know that that's not the way it works. God is faithful, and he is generous, and he's a good dad, and he gives us what we need. But, like, we don't tell him, if I do this, you better do, you know, like, that's not the way it works. So our testimony, um, one of many where God has done amazing things in our lives financially. When we were youth pastoring early in our marriage, we were, I mean, totally broke, right? And so we took these, the youth group to a, a revival, a convention, whatever, and as we're there, this guy got up and started speaking, and he was, like, really good, like a really good motivating speaker. And so it, when it's all over with, he was just like, God wants you to give to missions. And we're like, yes, and what do we have? Nothing. You know, it's like crazy. But we took this card, and we wrote down $1,500. Like, sometime between now and the end of that year, we're going to pay $1,500 to missions that we did not have, y'all. And so we, we go home, and literally the first day that we're back, the air conditioning in our car quit working. Take it in to get it looked at, right? And the whole time I'm thinking, like, God's got this. He's going to take care of it. And he, he, what he did was he took care of making sure I got the bill for $750 for that car to get fixed, right? So I'm, I'm just being honest. The way I'm talking to God is, wait a second. Like, I, I, we promised to give you $1,500 for missions. And the reward for that is we're out another another seven fifty. I'm down twenty two fifty, and we ain't gotten started yet. What? And all I can tell you is I couldn't even begin. We didn't go to the mailbox and get checks. We didn't have like big amounts of money come in. But by the end of that year, we paid for that car to get fixed, and we paid the money that we said we would pay. I don't know where it came from. I think sometimes when you're willing to be generous, God just stretches what you have and makes it work. So I don't want you to sit here and think, okay, we've been talking for a couple weeks about our resources. If I do the right thing with my money, I'm going to win the lottery, right? I don't, I don't know if that's the case, but I can tell you this, you'll be blessed, no doubt about it, okay? Now, last week of this series, um, let's recap the first three weeks, and then I'm going to share with you what God put on my heart last night, okay? So, so the first week of this series, you know, we've been talking about this is our resources. What does God want us to do with our resources? Here's what we talked about. That God wants kingdom partners instead of business partners, right? That was the week that Cody was, uh, we had Cody up here, and he was holding 100 bananas. Do you remember that? 100 bananas. Like, there's this tall. And we took 10 of those bananas, and we gave them over here to God, right? I think it was Chase, and he was God. And, and what did we learn that week? After we gave to God what was already his, who still had the most bananas? Cody, right? Like we do, right? So I want you to understand that. Like God in his grace and in his mercy when it comes to our resources, he allows us to steward the majority of it. And, and Cody, we've talked since, he was like, dude, those bananas were heavy, right? And so all I could do is hold on to it. So I would even say in God's graciousness, he allows us to give him some of that so who don't have to carry that load, right? That was the first week. So it's all about the heart. It's not about the wallet. Second week. Um, I pulled out a drill and put a bunch of holes in a pipe and almost my fingers, right? And we talked about leaky pipes. 
and that sometimes what happens is we get our priorities out of order. And so we had, we had holes all in that pipe. And, and God wants to fill us. Our lives are like that pipe. And he wants to send us to the farthest reaches of the earth. But when we get there, he wants us to have something to give to them. And if we have holes in our lives, like in the book of Haggai, it talks about, like, we keep putting money in our pocket and we don't have anything left over. And he says, well, because you have holes in your pocket, the leaky pipe. And he's like, close the hole at the bottom. That's me and you. Get that right. And then we'll fix the rest of the holes so you can keep the things I give you so you can give them away. It's all about priorities and order. Last week we kind of changed a little bit and talked about how to live. And we talked about living with contentment. We said that God's not against us having stuff, but he is against stuff having us, that we need to stop being possessed by our possessions. And all that brings us to today, the grand finale, right? Like I had this amazing plan. Um, and then God just really, man, he just really got a hold of me last night and kind of changed the direction of where we were going to go. Because I read a verse, I don't know if you ever had this happen, I read a verse that I've never seen before. I'm pretty sure I've seen it before because I've read the whole Bible a couple of times, but it just jumped off the page. And I want you to turn to it. It's in, it's in James Chapter 1, um, it's James chapter 1, verse 18. We'll read that first, and then we'll kind of um, walk through it. This just blew my mind. So James chapter 1, verse 18 says this. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And here's the sentence that grabbed me. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Take a second and look at the person next to you. Like, I hope you know them, right? <laughs> if you don't know them, it's going to be awkward, right? Because somebody's like, hey, baby, what's going on, right? Um, listen, you're, that person is his prized possession. Like, not just a possession, but prized possession. And here's what God dropped in my heart last night when I was reading that. He's like, Paul, for the last three weeks, you've been teaching the church, that we all should steward our possessions well, right? We shouldn't waste our possessions. And he said, but did you know that you are my possession? That all of us in this room, in Christ, we are his possessions. And God just, like I'm sitting there going like, that's amazing. And then he's like, yeah, but the problem is I think it's possible that you're wasting my prized possession. First Corinthians chapter 6, because I was like, God, what in the world does that even mean, right? I love that we're his possessions, that, that he would say that we're his own. But then he took me to 1 Corinthians 6, and we'll read, um, we'll read verse 20 first. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. It says, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. And I, I read that, and I was like, okay, I, I get that. I've preached on that before. That's cool. I'll, I'll tell the, you're, what you're saying, God, is you're saying to tell the church that, like, we are his prized possessions, and so we need to honor God with our lives. And he's like, well, I mean, that's, that's in Romans chapter 12, like, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, but in this in this verse, he's not talking about just your life. He's talking about your body. Oh, I know. 
I know, you're, and it's, you feel like it's terrible now, but it's going to get worse, okay? Hang with me, all right? So we're going to have to get the context of this verse. So back up to verse 18. I'm going to read it, and you're going to hate the first four words, okay? Hang with me. Everybody say, don't throw things at Paul. Here we go. <laughs> Run from a sexual sin. I'm just going to let everybody breathe. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself. And here's our verse we read. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. In context, here's what he's saying. Everything about your life in my life, I mean the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? The things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the things that we say. The, the things that we watch um, on our TV and the things that we watch in private on other screens. He bought all that, y'all. He paid a high price for that. And he says, because I paid a high price for you, you're my possession so if you want to be a good steward of possessions, you need to be a good steward of my greatest possession, which is you, which is your body, which is your life. Now, listen, that's, that's a hard word. Um, then, then I thought about, about this, right? So um, it's my wallet. In case you didn't know, it's not someone else's wallet. It's mine. And, and here's what we do, right? So with... with with our possessions, and we've talked about this, right? We've talked about this this entire month. Like, we don't don't waste don't waste your possessions. Flipping around this way, that's better, right? We just this is what we do with our lives. We just we throw money away, and you're like, God, how many bills does he have in there? That's it. We throw our we throw our resources away. Now, look, I was raised in Albemarle. You don't want to do this in Albemarle. Right, because right now some of you are trying to figure out what those bills are. You're like, if if he doesn't pick those up at the end of service, I'm going to take them, right? And here's why you would take them. Let me tell you why. Check this out. Me, how I treat the resources I have doesn't take away from the value of the resource. That $10 bill is worth how much? Even if I treat it like it's a quarter. The way I treat it only reveals my heart. It reveals how I don't value the value of that $10 bill. Now put that in context of James 1.18. You're my prized possession. That's what God says to each one of us. And can I just submit that we are wasting our lives. That what God is saying is stop throwing your life away and start giving your life away. This money, if I really trust God, if I'm really his prized possession, he doesn't want me to throw it away. I would say this, a lot of people that you've invited to come to church don't want to come to church and he'll, they'll tell you, they'll say, I would go to church, but the church is full of hypocrites, right? 
Well, I would say that's good because that's where hypocrites need to be. Because in here, the power of God can change us, right? But what they're really saying is, and I please, please listen to me. What they're really saying is, I've watched the life of people in church. And they don't value what Jesus did for them. Because they're just throwing it away. They are wasting his prized possessions. And so I don't, why would I want that? I'll just sleep in on Sunday morning. Why would I go to church for an hour when I could do something else when going to church for an hour doesn't change anybody who goes there? And Paul would say in response to that, you've been bought with a high price. Honor God with your body. Change the way you live. Because that's why I bought you. And look, if we don't value what he did, if we look like we're throwing away the cross, it does not change your value one bit. Because God, he, he set the market with you and with me. He bought us with a high price. So we're always going to be worth a ton, even if our lives don't match it. The problem is when our lives don't match what he says we're worth, people that are watching us, they assume that his power isn't worth it. And that's not what God wants. Now, we're almost done. Because I'm not going to drag this out. I don't know what else to say, right? I, I know this, that most of us, because we live in the South, feel like we did God a favor by coming to church today. I mean, if we're honest, come on, God. I didn't have to, I mean, I, I, I came. But we're not doing God favors by being here. He paid way more for us than that. He wants way more than that. Okay, so the band can come back. You're all like, that's the shortest message ever, probably. Here's, here's what I want you to, to think about. What God wants to see us do is instead of throwing our life away, he wants us to start to give our lives away. So he wants us to take the bills of our lives and say this to God. I used to pray this with our youth groups. Everywhere I've ever been a youth pastor, I would pray this prayer all the time. And man, last night God reminded me of it. And it was just all over me like, God, I want that to be my prayer again. Lord, spend me like money in your hands. Any word that you'll get the greatest return for your investment. Anywhere. When you pray stuff like that, you stop throwing your money away. And I don't mean your money. I mean your life. You stop throwing your life away. You stop saying things to God like, well, I came and gave you two hours. Paul preached extra long today. I gave you two hours at church. So if I want to go give myself an hour at the strip club, I'll do that. Or I gave you two hours at church and I went to community group. So if I need to, like, chill for a night and drink a little bit, maybe too much, I will. And what I'm saying to you is that when you do that, that's all you're doing with your life. Honor God with your body because you've been bought with a high price. And when you throw your life away like that, 
all it communicates to the world is Jesus wasn't enough. But he is. He's more than enough. It only reflects what you think about Jesus. And instead, what he wants from you is this. He just wants you to give your life away. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Christian needs that more than I do. I, I don't, I, shoot, it looks like y'all might need that more than I do. I mean, on a, on a really, can I be really, really honest? At a pastor level, it might mean, man, God, I guess if those people need to go to that other church instead of at the gathering. I mean, if that's where you're going to get the most return for your kingdom, I guess that's what they should do. And, and I should be all too happy to help them. That's why at the bottom of our website, there's a link that says, if we're not the church for you, we'll help you find another one. Because at the end of the day, God doesn't want us to hold on to stuff. He don't want us to waste our life. Maybe, maybe you need that. I don't know more than I do. I gave it to Terry. Because God's after people who just say, like, God, take my life and spend it. Spend my life. However you choose. I, I don't really know how to end this. Here's what I wanted to do. If I could have, we'd have done it. If I could have built a humongous offering plate, I would have done that. Because here's the altar call today. Be the offering. Be it. Don't give it. Be the offering. Like, get into the offering plate. And I don't think we could all squeeze into those two boxes on the back, right? I don't know that we could do that. But here's what we have. This. This is our offering plate right here. And, and if you think about it, if you look at the altar in the Bible, the altar is the offering plate. It is where people took themselves and said, I'm yours, God. <laughs> However you want to spend me, Lord, just spend me. So this morning, as the worship team closes us out, I, I just want to give you space to respond. This whole month we've talked about dollars and cents. You know what the smartest thing is you could ever do with your possessions? Recognize that you're the possession. And choose to let God spend you however he wants to. And if that's your heart, I'm going to invite you to come here. I don't care what the people next to you think. Neither should you. So as they start to sing, find a place here. And let's give ourselves to the Lord.